When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, we have a ton of things to talk Penn State football. I'd like to talk, I'd like to talk about the game. I'd like to talk about Penn State versus Ohio State because there are so many things to talk about with James Franklin, with Sean Clifford, with Jobs, USC, LSU, Franklin's agent, so on. They're playing Ohio State this week. They're playing Ohio State this week, and we are talking about everything else under the sun. Jerry Prugar from DK Pittsburgh Sports joins me here. Look, this is the biggest game of the season. It's the biggest game of every season. It will define Penn State's season in, in a lot of ways, as it generally does. I'm I, My mind is just blown, Jared, that Nobody's talking about this football game. Nobody is talking about matchups or this. It is all of these other things that are, you know, what what you just call noise that people are talking about. Not like Penn State or and so not like a Penn State a lead up to a big game like this. I mean, this is a game that's being played on ABC in primetime. It's got the A A college baseball or A college football team uh for broadcasters and, you know, if it wasn't for Michigan, Michigan State, uh, this game could have hosted game day. And I think the game is secondary to everything that's going on surrounding the program, James Franklin's comments, this, that, and and everything else. You name it, and it seems like it's way more important than what's going on uh, right now uh, leading up to the game. So we're going to save some of that stuff. We're going to talk about that at the end, okay? Because I do want to talk about the game. And there's so much other stuff about Franklin. I mean, I want to talk to Jared and get his thoughts on all these things that are going. But I want to talk about the game because it is lacking. Sean Clifford said today he expects to be 100% by Saturday. That's fantastic because Penn State would have no prayer if Sean Clifford that showed up against Illinois shows up against Ohio State. A 100% Sean Clifford, Jared. 100% Sean Clifford. Uh, maybe he could play like he did against Iowa. Uh, and they throw the ball well. What is Penn, what are Penn State's chances as a basically a three point or three touchdown underdog if Sean Clifford is fully healthy? I think they're as good as any, but I mean, obviously you have to take a good hard look at, at who you are and your identity as a team um, after the way that they played against Indiana. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, Sean Clifford was not 100, percent and they game planned knowing that he was not 100. percent And to be perfectly honest, I know we're going to get to this later. I think they completely overlooked Illinois. Um, but again, you know, Sean Clifford gives them a chance. And if he's able to actually run the football, then that's going to be, I think, the difference maker compared because really if it's not him running the football, they really don't really, they don't have a running game. Right. If he can take off and run and or scramble or, and at least be a threat, 
then you you do have we've seen Penn State be uh, effective in that regard. Uh, now the issue is you can't have him run and get get hit a bunch. So he's still going to have to even if he's one hundred percent, he's still going to have to be very 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 careful because we've all seen. You know what could happen if you have to go to the backup. But if he's a hundred percent, I've seen Ohio State; they are susceptible against the pass. But even with that, Jared, I've just because Penn State can't run the ball for crap. I just even if they are good throwing the ball, I just think Ohio State's going to load up so much and to stop them from. And they've got good athletes. I'm not sure how effective Penn State can even be throwing the ball as well. Yeah, I mean they're gonna listen. They're gonna make Sean Clifford beat them, and I think that's the way to do it. Um, and can he handle that? I'm not. I'm not so certain. Uh, I mean, this is Ohio State. You know, they're they're the best. Te- they're I think they're the best team in the Big Ten, uh, without a doubt. Even with the one loss, and can Sean Clifford beat them on his own? I don't know. I mean, they're gonna have to. They're gonna sell out to to you know to make Sean Clifford beat them one way or another, and, and really make Penn State run the run the football and dare them to run the football knowing full well that Penn State probably can't run the football. And that's you know, that's not a good position for the Nittany Lions to be in on Saturday night. Yeah, sure. If you can't run the – and my issue with, I guess, this offense was I thought Mike Yersich would come in and bring in an offense that would score a lot of points. And you can see they're trying to do certain things in the passing game. But my beef is he's got a Big 12 offense that's designed – to go up against defenses that aren't very good, and they don't really focus as much on it in the Big 12. In the Big 10, man, if they can't run the ball, I, I have serious concerns about the future of this Mike Yersich offense unless they figure out scheme-wise, development, whatever the case might be, you, you can't go out there with no running game in the Big 10. Yeah, I mean, the Big 10 is ground and pound. I mean, you see that in the traditional powers that are Wisconsin and um, in Iowa, and you have to be able to run the football. And if you can't, you can't establish that run game. You know, you're, you're SOL, and that's not that's not a good position to be in. You know, even with the spread concepts and the RPOs, you have to. And the, the key element in the RPO is the run. You have to be afraid of the run to set up the pass. And nobody's afraid of Penn State's run game right now, except maybe themselves. Jared Prugar from DK Pittsburgh Sports joining us, uh, Ohio State. I just feared when they lost to Oregon, they didn't look good. Obviously, Oregon put up 35 in the horseshoe. Ohio State did have a good offensive game, but they only scored 28 points. But when they lost that, I I immediately started thinking, it's too bad Penn State can't play them here in the next couple of weeks because they had a lot of issues at that stage. Having to wait, you know, five, six, seven weeks, and now you get Ohio State at this point, I just figured Ohio State would figure things out, Jared. They have figured things out because that offense is really firing on all cylinders at this point. Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of scary. I'm, I'm fully expecting them to put up points um, and put up a lot at that. So I, I'm very interested to see how this game plays out because, you know, what Penn State team is going to show up? You know, I think I think there are two outcomes. I think Penn State gets boat race or Penn State wins. And, and I don't think there's I don't think there's a middle ground. I don't think – they're going to be able to keep it close unless they're going to end up winning. That's interesting because uh, I don't. I, I agree with that. I don't think this is going to be necessarily close. I, I'm. I haven't given my score yet, but I'm picking Ohio State uh, by a big number. I don't know if I'm going to pick them by twenty. That is because Penn State has competed well. And look, I, I, I I'm going to give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt because I think there's a lot of character and heart on this team. 
that they got humiliated by Illinois, and I, I think they're going to go out and and they're going to play tough, physical. No, are they good enough? You know, we'll see. I don't think so, but I do think they're going to go out and at least give a really strong effort. Yeah, I'm. I'm you know, I, I they're going to fight. They're going to you know they're going to battle because the last two games have not been Penn State football. They, you know, you lose on the road at Iowa. Okay, that's you know kind of expected. But to, to lose on homecoming against uh, an Illinois team that, you know, there was there had – I don't know that anybody took Illinois to win or even remotely thought of taking Illinois to win. And if they did, I want to know what they were on that day. But you know what? They came out, they got beat, and, and can they respond? And will they respond? I'm not so I'm, – I'm fully expecting them to actually respond. But we're going to see a lot of what this team is made up of. And, and really – how good of a coaching job Penn, or James Franklin and his staff can do because, you know, <laughs> everything's buzzing around the program for the wrong reasons. They're not talking about the game. They're talking about everything but. And, you know, that's a situation that you really, you know, <laughs> is not good when, it, when you're trying to focus on that, that 1-0 mentality every week, week in and week out. So let's, uh, let's get into that because, again, um, the game, it's a three-touchdown three game. Uh, point spread. Nobody's really expecting Penn State to win. I had an interesting question today posed in a a Q and A. Q&A. Um, guy said, uh, "Do you think most Penn State fans are ready for Franklin to leave?" I mean, I think they're fed up, right? You have that one. You're you're going to lose to Ohio State every year, it seems, and you're going to have that one backbreaking loss that you shouldn't have. And it seems like that's every year. Last year wasn't an anomaly, I think. You know, with COVID and everything. But every year, every other year, man, it's it's one thing or another. And he has been in a, he's been a great recruiter uh, as far as developing that talent and, and translating it to wins on the field um, and championship. That hasn't quite happened yet, and that's the issue. But and, but, but the but question gonna, that, that? yeah, the well, thing about it though is I don't. I don't know that fans are ready for him to, 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 to get rid of him. That's the thing. I, I think I think fans are ready to end this BS of will he leave or won't he every year. I, I think this kind of thing uh, – look, Penn State fans never experienced this for 50 years, and they do understand that it, it is the way college football it, it operates nowadays. I think more than they did 10 years ago, obviously, because they never had to experience it at all. So, so I think fans have come to understand this is the nature of the beast. But that doesn't mean you want your coach dangled out there every damn year, okay? And you, you, can, only, you can only go through this so often before you throw your hands up and say, well, freaking go then, all right? Freaking go. If you're not going to be willing to come out and do what Mike Tomlin did and say, this is a joke. This is a joke to me. Why would I ever do that? Franklin won't do that. Why won't he? Because he, he he loves this stuff. All of this stuff. Folks, he, he, he wants his name out there. His agent is working all of this behind the scenes. I guarantee you. He, he can't come out and flat shoot it down. This In his mind, this helps him. It helps to leverage. He can get more money, blah, 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 what have you. But to me, I think Penn State fans are, are, are so fed up with that that maybe maybe it is the majority would say, okay, go ahead and just go then. Right, and that's the thing, you know, you're you get so sick and tired of dealing with that year in and year out. Is he going to go to USC? Is he going to go to LSU? Is he going to go take this premier job somewhere else? You know, and I and I admire Mike Tomlin for coming out and, and just blatantly saying, no, this is a joke. This is never going to happen. 
and, and you admire that type of a leadership. And I'm not saying that James Raymond's a bad leader, but, you know, Mike Tomlin's at the peak of, of the NFL. He is playing in one of the, the best organizations in, in, in all, of, all of professional sports. And, you know, when you look at it, that he doesn't need leverage. He has everything that he wants. He has a Hall of Fame career. James Franklin needs all the leverage he can get because, guess what? They're going to lose a bad game every year. They're going to lose to Ohio State or Michigan every year. And you know, you need that leverage. You need to you need to make something or, or make make it worth your while and make it worth the university's while because right now, as great as those eight and four, ten and two seasons are, you got to start translating them into into rings and championships. And he hasn't done that. Since 2016. Yeah, no question. Jared Prugar from DK Pittsburgh Sports. And Penn State's been good, and I think they can continue to be good. But I've said this repeatedly, all right? If LSU or USC or somebody else wants to give him $8, 9000000 million, Penn State shouldn't. Penn State shouldn't, and I don't believe Penn State can. And if you want to come back at me with Penn State's got all the money, well, they don't really. They've got to pay bills. There's a lot of bills not just the other athletic programs, but all of the renovations that are going to take place and so on and so forth. So, I, I to me, look, he's not worth $8 million when he's never been to a playoff. He's not worth $8 million when he loses at home to a 24-point underdog in Illinois. He's not worth $8 million when he starts 0-5 last season and loses to a 27-point underdog in Maryland. When they lose this week, he'll be 9-8 and over his previous 17 games. That's not a coach worth $8 million. I don't care if you've got the number two, three, four recruiting class in the country or what. And th- th- that's that's reserved for the top two, three, four guys, the Nick Sabans, the, guy, the, da- the Dabos, the guys who have won titles. It, it, and until you do that, to me, uh, I wrote about this. Paul Zeiss from the Post-Gazette wrote about it. He doesn't have as much leverage as maybe he thinks he does. Now, if they'd beaten Illinois, maybe you go beat Ohio State or even lose by a couple to Ohio State, sure, your leverage is still there. You go out and get blown out by Ohio State, and now you're 5-3. and three, you got Michigan, Michigan State left. How much leverage could he possibly have at the end of this season, Jared? Well, you know, it, he might not have any leverage because he might lose the team at that point. If you lose to Ohio State and it's, and it's a blowout, I mean, you're sitting at five and three with two ranked teams, two top ten teams as of right now. Now I'm sure that that might change because of their their game this weekend. But you know, you got to hold the team together. You got to hold the program together at that point. And can he do that? I think we're going to see. And I say this all the time, but I think we're going to see his his best coaching here in this game because he has to. Yeah. He has to keep this team together and rally them to potentially beat Ohio State. And if they can pull off what is now an upset. You know, that's exactly what they need. And, you know, I don't know that they can do it, but they're going to try. And and that, and is that going to happen? And you're right. He's not worth that type of money. The only coaches I would pay that kind of money for, uh, honestly, is Saban. I think Dabo is that six to eight tier range. Um, I know that he's had a lot of success, but, you know, they're struggling this year. And I understand that that's only one year. But at the same time, you know, Saban is the only guy that I think is, is really worth that type of money. Um, for good reason. I mean, he's the best coach of all time. But they're not asking Saban every year if he's going to stay or if he's going to go. And, and you know, hey, hey, he's earned that. But what? But at the same time, who can Penn State get this better? And, and will they? Will that person take them to that elite level? Because I know that we talked about this before. For Dabo and Clemson, they needed Florida State to implode. That's right, to keep having that sustained success in the ACC. And that happened. Well, James Franklin needs Michigan State, Michigan, and Ohio State to, to fall off the face of the earth 
so that he can have that sustained success in the Big Ten East. That's not even just the, that's not even just the conference, and you know that's something to to worry about too. I want to get your thoughts on this, uh, just to see, because there are two schools of thought on this. Um, yesterday during his press conference, Franklin said they're getting ready for Illinois, that he's looking to forward to the challenge against Illinois, and that they're go- they're they're getting ready to go play at the Big House. Uh, I've been to pretty much every James Franklin press conference for eight years. He's very very smart. He's he's very meticulous. He doesn't misspeak. Um, he, he just doesn't. He doesn't make those kinds of mistakes. So there's two schools of thought. Look, he's tired. They lost a tough game. He's he's feeling some pressure. He misspoke. It's no big deal. You know, just let him let give him a pass on it. That's fine. That's okay. Look, just don't read too much into it. It's it's just it's just not a big deal. I come at it from a standpoint of I think he's distracted. I think it's impossible for him to not be distracted. Uh, yes, he is feeling pressure. Yes, he was tired. He looked like he hadn't slept in a couple days, for goodness sake, yesterday. But he brought all this on himself. He brought all this on himself because he wants to play the game of having his name out there and be a hot commodity. And with that comes the extra pressure, especially when you lose to Illinois. So I do hold, I do hold it against him and say, dude, if you can't be fully 100% laser-focused against Ohio State. But look, and I, under, I understand Mark Brennan was on yesterday. He said he doesn't think anything of it. It was just a slip of the tongue. Where, where do you fall between those two schools of thought? Right. See, I have, a couple, I have a couple ideas of my own. I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, as a head, as a head coach, if my team lost like that, I, I, of course, would be focused on still on Illinois and trying to fix what happens so that that never happens again? Um, because if you go out and you get held physical by another team that is a 24-point underdog, um, you you got to do a lot of soul-searching. you got to look yourself in the mirror and, and figure out what in the world went wrong. And, you know, that's that's an issue. And, I listen, I, I get it. And he, he probably hasn't slept. And, and I, I understand that. As a coach, that's tough. The, the losses thing. You, you, you remember the losses way more than you, than you remember the wins. And, and that's a tough situation to be in. And you've got all this stuff surrounding you. Listen, you can't shut yourself off to it. As much as you would like that, as much as you would like to, to be able to ignore the noise, like they, they say, but when you have a one and no mentality and you go over one against a team that you should never lose to, then, yeah, people are going to question you. And, and, listen, the big house, the horseshoe, I mean, I, I think that is a slip of the tongue. And, yeah, you're right. I think he is very distracted. And, and I think he should be distracted – Obviously, with the program stuff, because, you know, when we talked a couple of weeks ago, going into the Iowa game, they were the t- they were a top four ranked team in the country. And now they might not even be in the top 25 at the end of the week. To go from that to where we're at now, you have to do a lot of soul searching. And, and yeah, you're right. He is distracted, and he should be. Um, you know, and it, it wasn't the same James Franklin that we've seen. So, obviously, the losses are any at him. Everything else is eating at him. I think it's terrible timing that that it comes out about the agent, um, but you know what? That's that's the life you live when when you're uh, uh, you want to be an elite coach. You want to talk. You want to talk the talk. You got to walk the walk. And listen, you got to have your team ready to play, no matter who it is. Um, and if you're going to preach that one and no mentality, man, you got to back it up, and you can't lay an egg against a fighting lion. I team. I, I want I want to get your score prediction. 
Uh, so I'll give you a second to think about it if you haven't firmed yours up yet. But since we did preview the game, I, I want to get a score prediction. I'll go ahead and give mine first to give you a chance just to think about it. I looked it up. Uh, the line is 18.5 as of right now. When Penn State beat Ohio State in 2016 on the scoop and score, the line was 20. 20. Penn State was 20-point underdogs. They were unranked. Ohio State was second. That was at Beaver Stadium, of course, and they won that game. This is an 18-and-a-half-point line. I'm having a tough time thinking Ohio State covers that just because Penn State has matched up well with with Ohio State. They, they have. There's a lot of pride. There's a lot of character. If this team's just not good enough and they get boat raced by 40, well, then we'll have to reevaluate evaluate everything. But I'm going 36-20, to 20, Jared. I'm going to go 36-20. to 20. Uh, I, I'm gonna. I've generally picked Ohio State to you know to cover these big numbers, or and I've been burned because Penn State has matched up well. But I'll pick Penn State to cover barely and go 36-20. What do you think? I think it's going to be 42-20. Um, I think Penn State does get some get some points on the board, but I think Ryan Day's adjustments um, are worth it, and and they he turns that game into a blowout in the second half. Um, I, I don't like the Penn State offense the way it is right now. There's no consistency. Um, now, obviously, you get a you get hundred percent Sean Clifford. I think that's a it's a game changer, obviously. But but at the same time, man, he's got to go out and perform too. And and if he's not able to do that and and keep the Penn State defense off the field, which is something that they've struggled to do, that's gonna be that's gonna be troublesome. And and that's where they're gonna get into trouble. Uh, Jared and I will uh, both be in Columbus on Saturday covering the game. For DK Pittsburgh Sports, you can check out our live file throughout the game, which is phenomenal. You can make comments all throughout the game. Uh, uh, Jared and I enjoy reading those, um, just getting people's thoughts and, and uh, kind of going back and forth with people during the game. So uh, you can check our coverage there. I appreciate the time, buddy. Thanks so much, man. No problem, Corey. Good to talk to you soon. All right, good stuff, Jared Prugar.